0: Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello my friend, welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. Don Harris here, your host. And we're going to take you through some more red ink. Take your shoes off, let this ink sink up through your, through your skin. I love the one Jesus said one time he was telling them something that was very important. He said, let these words sink down into your ears. I think he knew that uh, you know most of our ears are just full of mud, and it's going to take a while for it to get through there. But boy, once it gets in there, once the Word of God is in you and alive, and, and you're starting to think red ink, things are going to change. So many of you are experiencing it now, uh, and I, uh, I'd love to hear about your experience. You can write to me, Don, at thinkredink.com. Now last time we talked about uh, how, the, we were still in chapter 37 of our book, and uh, we talked about how the Jews murmured against Christ, refusing to believe in him because he didn't fit their idea of who Christ was supposed to be. Relating these ideas to John the Baptist, and of course here Jesus, uh, I, was, I was warning that the, the Antichrist will, will again come on this earth and be mistaken for Christ himself. And uh, those of you who believe in the rapture idea uh, are in the most dangerous situation that you can be because, um, I mean, I meet people on the road all the time. You know, they they say, are you you anticipating Jesus' return? Pardon me. Are you looking for Jesus to come back? Are you looking for Christ? (laughs) And I said, no, actually, I'm looking for the Antichrist. You know, and they get all puffy about it. Well, Jesus said that's exactly what we're supposed to do. When you see <laughs> the abomination of desolation stand in the holy place, whoso you know that it says in the book of Daniel, Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then you'll know that these things are come on us. And even though he instructed us to look for the Antichrist, we're still looking for him to come back. Friend, Jesus is not coming back. You're not gonna you're not gonna find him. Uh, you know, the pop-up tomorrow. You might find any Christ pop-up tomorrow. I really doubt that. I think he's coming at, at uh, Passover, personally. But, um, and then uh, we're going to, we're going to live through three and a half years of tribulation, and then we're going to see Jesus Christ come and make the kingdoms of the world the kingdoms of his God. And then he is going to, uh, uh, he's going to bring about these people who have resurrected and uh, they're going to be given these cities as rewards, and we're going to enter into the the, the, the time the millennial reign of Christ, the prophesied feast of tabernacles that's going to last for a thousand years with uh, his uh, city here in, uh, having been firmly planted on the earth, the bride of Christ. No, that's not you. It is a city that is going to come down from God out of heaven, and he's going to rule and reign here on the earth. There it is in a nutshell. Uh, And I'm sure we'll cover it again and again as we go through the words of Jesus because this is something that he believed. This is something that he taught. Um, I'm sorry if it goes against what what you've been taught, but uh, I don't have time to go through all the millions of opinions. Let's just read what Jesus said. All right, so the Jews, uh, they rejected Christ uh, because he didn't fit their list of criteria. And... um, Jesus was answering them because they were saying, you know, how can he say that he's the one that comes down from heaven? How can he say that he's the, the anointed one? Well, Jesus says, murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him and I'll raise him up at the last day. It's written in the prophets and they shall all be taught of God. Wow. I wonder when that's going to happen. I thought we're all being taught of Bible teachers nowadays and books and tapes and CDs and DVDs. No, we're going to be taught of the Lord. And every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God. He uh, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven. I can see him pointing at himself when he says that. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man eat thereof and not die. I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world, the the Jews says, "How's this man going to give us his flesh to eat?" You see, again, you've got this uh, this poetic style, poetic kind of language, where uh, you have uh, Jesus saying, "You're going to have to eat this flesh." He's saying, "I'm going to have to become a part of you." Um, the, you know, it, it's a common understanding that you know certain foods make us. Um, uh, give us certain benefits and uh but because what we eat does eventually become who we are every cell in our body is made up of what we have consumed and as we consume Christ every bit of us is transformed into him over time and he's saying that when this happens to a person and i love it in the gospel of thomas it says when the outside becomes like the inside the inside like the outside uh, that 's when that 's when a person has really entered into the kingdom of God here on this earth and it's it 's very much what Jesus is saying here um he 's also trying to explain to them that look you don 't understand what you 're talking about and I know that 's kind of a rude thing to say, and I know that probably goes against your sweet little jesus you know that that 's not my Jesus thing, but uh the truth is is that uh he was you know he he was not He wasn't coy, he wasn't afraid, he wasn't a coward, he wasn't shy about saying these kind of things because they were very important. But truth is, you don't know what you're talking about. You're mad because I said I'm the bread that came down from heaven? Holy mackerel, what are you going to do when when you see me go into heaven? What are you, are you just going to fall over and faint? You can't even take the words, much less the reality of what I have to say. Jesus continues, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye shall eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. He keeps referring to the resurrection. For my flesh is meat indeed. By the way, you do know that when the King James uses the word meat, it means food. And and sometimes uh, people get the idea that uh, meat is what comes in our present day vernacular is essentially what the King James time, those people would have called flesh so there is such a thing as flesh and there is such a thing as meat so when he says uh, except ye eat my flesh there you go and drinketh my blood hath eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day for my flesh is food indeed you see that? My flesh is meat indeed. It almost sounds like he's saying the same thing twice, but he's not. He's saying this is food. This is sustenance for your body. This is you know, what, what comes into you to give you life. Um, and uh, he says, As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is what I mean that It's just a fact of life that something has to die that you may live. You ever think about that? We're so extracted from the land in the time that we live in today, so extracted from the farm, uh, I think that people don't understand. You know, we think meat comes from the grocery store. Friend, it doesn't. It comes from the cow that was standing on her hooves yesterday, and today she's on the table. Well, what happened to Bessie? (laughs) She gave her life that we can live. You see, that was just a underst- that was an understanding among people. They understood this more so than we do today. Jesus is saying that uh, I'm going to have to die, that you might live. And uh, you're going to have to take me into you like you do food, that every cell in your body can be recreated by, th- by the atomic structure of the food that you eat. You take me into you, and you're going to become me. It's going to be a wonderful thing. He says that uh, he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Let's return to our reading. Many of his followers murmured among themselves, saying, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Jesus, knowing what went on in the minds of his followers, asked, Does this offend you? And what and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they're spirit and their life. But there are some of you that believe not. Here Jesus is, is saying, okay, these words are hard for you. You need to understand that what I'm saying to you is a, is a spiritual concept. This isn't a physical concept. Don't get all bent out of shape about eating blood or drink eating flesh, that drove them crazy, you know. Uh, you know the the truth is, is that uh, after this and, and as we continue to read, you'll see this happen. Boy, they were they were hugely offended at this idea because uh, wow, human flesh, human blood, what in the world are you talking about? The Jews were extremely offended. Jesus had known from the beginning the ones who'd believe, who had not believed and who would betray him. He said therefore, said I unto you, that no man cometh unto me except it were given unto him of my father. I, I'd, I'd really like to return to this thought, but I want you to see that from that moment many of his followers abandoned him and no longer walked with him. Jesus turned to his 12 disciples and said, Will also go away? Now, Simon Peter answered him and says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered, Have I not chosen ye twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For he was one of the twelve who later would betray Jesus. I think that Jesus is making it clear here uh, that we have uh, an ability to hear his words and reject them on physical grounds, but you need to, you need to be very careful because what I'm telling you, I'm not just I'm not just prattling words here. I'm telling you that. If you look at these things spiritually, you can see what I'm talking about. And there is an ingestion of me into you. There is a digestion of me into you. There is a cell transformation of me into you. This is not something that you paint on, or that you put on, or that you act in a certain way. This is you becoming me. Look, I have an advantage, Jesus says. My father was not a man. <laughs> my father is the father in heaven. If you want to be a part of my family, you're going to have to reject your father. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not supposed to reject our earthly fathers. But he's saying that we're going to have to take on a new father. We're going to have to take on a new family. We're going to, have to take on a new name. You know, the idea of names is, was not new to the Jews. That uh, people who were um, of the Father, uh, that were of Yehovah, Yahweh, Jehovah, it was, it was not an uncommon practice for them who took these things on to themselves to add to their name, His name. This is why uh, you'll you'll find that a lot of the Hebrew names... End in J A H, or they say, uh, like Eliyahu. These, you know, the, within there is um, is God's name in there. Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah. Uh, and we have Yah at the end of that name. We have uh, uh, n- names all through the Old Testament that have El, they have. Uh, they have the the ideas of of Elohim. They have uh, Yahweh. They have Yah. They have uh, His name as part of theirs. What is that? This is joining the family of God. This is one of the things that He was, that uh, the Lord God was concerned about when He gave the Ten Commandments. Don't take My name in vain. This is not an empty exercise for you. This is not for you to sit around and and and. And play with a Scrabble game and come up with a name for your kid and stick yaw on the end of it and make them and pretend like they're one of my own. No, no, no. You will not take my name in vain. Taking his name in vain is to emptily use his name, which we do all the time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Don't we say those kind of... Well, don't, don't some people say those kind of stupid things all the time? Uh, you know, I, I've eliminated them from my vocabulary. I, I just, I, I don't care. I, I put them in the same category as cussing. You know, to to say his name emptily, you know, it's 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 blasphemy. It's it's against the commandment. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say his name in vain. I'm not going to take it in vain. So, well, this all comes from and stems from the understanding that. We are supposed to be becoming Christ. He is supposed to come into us and be a part of us and and be our God from the inside out. It's a a really, really a lovely thought. And um, Jesus is playing on that very idea when he says that you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. The Jews are saying, oh man, if we do that, we will be totally against everything God has ever told us. No, He's saying, "Look, my words are spirit. My words are uh, my words are spiritual." Does that sound better? Is that better, easier to understand? My words are spiritual, and life is found in what I, what I have to say. So, don't take these kind of things so literal. Don't take them so that you uh, have. Um, uh, you know, uh, misapprehensions about, oh, he wants us to drink blood. He wants us to eat flesh. This happens all the time when, when prophets stand up and try to preach and teach the Word of God to God's people. You know, they say, oh, well, he believes this and uh, he believes that. And, you know, he goes against our understanding here, very much like the Jews did with Jesus and Elijah. He doesn't fit our understanding. But it's because... A person may be speaking in very very spiritual terms, and it ends up uh, just taking uh, you know their their entire thoughts away and carrying people off and becoming as he says offended in him he says uh if you think for one minute that what if if that what I have to say to you in words printed on a page or that come out of my mouth, if they're offensive to you, if, oh, and again, here here it is another problem with today's vernacular and the King James. When it talks about offense, it doesn't mean, you know, that you make me blush or that uh, I'm offended or you've hurt my feelings. That's not what offense means. He's saying that if what I'm saying is stopping you dead in your tracks, because that's what an offense is, by the way. Uh, I've used the, the analogy before that, uh, many times a big boulder would be rolled into a road that they don't want the enemy to pass over, and that big boulder is called a rock of offense. It it stops, it hinders. If you're hindered by what I say, man, you wait until you see what's going to happen to me when I'm when I am raised up in front of everybody else. When you see the Son of Man ascend. You think, this is, a, you think this, is gonna, this is stopping you? Wait until you see that. Because this is going to go against everything that you've ever been taught. And man, from the very beginning, from the time that John the Baptist opened his mouth until Jesus ascended into heaven saying, nothing is going to be like it ever was. John the Baptist was saying, everything's changing. And we have to be prepared for that change. Because, friend... We don't have a whole lot of understanding in these areas, and we just need to back away, hold what we believe loosely, and not be so concerned about what other people think. I mean, would you really rather belong than be right? Of course you wouldn't. I hope not. But it's going to take courage, and it's going to take something, and it's going to have to be true to ourselves and to everyone else and especially true to our God. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Over and over again, the bread leads to eternal life. The eternal life is begun by the resurrection. It is, and it, it is all facilitated through two things. The, the life that is sustained on this earth by the eating of that bread by the eating of that flesh by the eating of that blood of Christ that develops the life that is on this earth and finally that life's arm and wrist and hand reaches and turns the doorknob on the on the door called death and when that happens you you are going to uh, you, you, the next stage in your life hopefully is the resurrection, the resurrection of the just. You're going to stand again on those two feet that are aching right now. Oh, those those two feet that are so sore right now and the ground that you're standing on, you're going to stand on that ground again. Uh, that's what resurrection is. It's not an esoteric and nebulous idea about somehow, you know, if we if we never forget them, they never die. Where'd you get that idea? Huh. <laughs> How, how did, where did you, where, who told you that? Because uh, I, I know, it, you know, it's a pleasant thought to think about, you know, we should, we should never let them, we should never forget them because as long as we remember them, they're still alive. No, 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 I get that. But the truth is, there is such a thing as life after death. Real, honest to God, life. And, and the, one day we're going to stand again on this planet. On this very planet right here, this one. And we're going to be raised from the dead, come up out of the grave. We're not going up anywhere. We're going, to, we're going to inhabit this earth. And we're going to do so with a king and a priest named Jesus Christ who's going to rule and reign from the new Jerusalem, from the city of God, and uh, Satan being bound for a thousand years. I, can hardly, I hardly want to talk about anything else. This is going to be a, a wonderful thing. And yes, it's all by faith. I've not been there. I've not seen this. This isn't some vision or revelation that I've had. I hear my Lord say it, and it rings true in my spirit. I don't know if if it's ever occurred. Do you, have you ever been to a to an art exhibit uh, and seen the work of of men who are true artists? Have you ever been to a an orchestral um, uh, uh, music show or seen uh, an orchestra play or a choir sing or uh, you know, and really uh expose yourself to true talent, you ever heard a man speak, and it's just you know it's just unbelievable that that kind of talent could one day breathe its last, go into a box, go into the ground, and never be heard from again. you know, I don't know about you i mean I'm not speaking disparagingly of nature or anything, but you know I've had a few pussy cats, they're all pretty much like. <laughs> You know, I don't like i don't like to think about them dying, but my goodness, you know, you can replace a dog with a dog, you can replace a cat with a cat. The birds that are singing outside my door are probably not the ones that were singing outside my door last year, and certainly not two years ago, not with my cat around. But I'm saying that there's some things that can be replaced, and they just don't seem to have that eternal resonance, that eternal ringing that it... That it that, etern- that, that eternal depth that a human being has. I don't know how you can look at another human being and see that person as dead and gone forever. Well, there's a reason why you can't see it, because it's not true. We have been give, infused with a life and a spirit from God himself. An eternal spirit has been put within us, and our bodies aren't eternal, but we are. And that's why when he raises us from the dead, when he raises our bodies out of the grave and he changes, you know, remember Paul said, those of us who are alive and remain, you ever want to remain from what? (laughs) There's so many things to talk about. But when he says those who are alive and remain are going to be changed, changed into what? The same thing those bodies were changed into when they came up out of the grave. Yeah, they look just like they always did. I believe that they're going to look just like we do. I think that were, go- we're going to have the very scars that we created in our life. Jesus had scars when he came out. He had holes in his body because of swords and nails and such. And, um, and I believe that when he appeared to his disciple, I think there were pieces of his beard missing. I mean, because it was pulled out at the resurrection. Look. I don't mean to you to just throw all this stuff on the ground and let people trample it that's not what that's not my purpose. <laughs> my purpose is for us to understand that these things are very very real, and in this millennial reign of Christ, the time is gone i can't I just can't continue in these thoughts, but in that time of millennial reign, do you know what's growing in inside the the walls, the gates of that new Jerusalem, a tree of life? And the the leaves and the fruit on that on that tree are for the healing of the nations. Healing of what, man? It, it's going to be such a wonderful thing to to have access to that fruit or that fruit being brought to us by those chosen ones that have the ability to go in and out of the gates of the temple, and 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 the, and those fruits and those leaves and the things that come from those trees start to restore us back and give us our health and. Uh, I mean, our, our actual lives are going to be starting to, to live in reverse years. We're just going to... It's it's, just, it's, a, it's a wonderful thought. You think, wow, man, that sounds like a fairy tale. You know what? It's a lot better than the fairy tale I've been told because um, the script, it, it, it's backed by Scripture. You keep finding these things in the Scriptures. And anyway, it, it tells a beautiful story. And time is beaten us to death here. That old clock just seems to run too fast, but we're gonna we'll pick it up here next time. Thanks for being a part of the show today, and uh, I, I want to hear from you. I want to know who you are. I'd like to know where you're listening and how you're listening, and uh, if you have any comments about the broadcast, I'd love to hear them. Uh, you can write and uh, and and tell me wonderful things about your life. You can tell me things that are giving you trouble. I'll be glad to help if I can, and, um, and I and I invite you as well to. Visit our website, ThinkRedInc.com. Go there, look around. Any materials you think that uh, might be helpful to you, please let me know what they are. Send me your address. I'll be glad to send them to you. And, um, and we'll all do this thing together. All right, now my email address, if you want to write to me, is Don at ThinkRedInc.com. If you'd like to write to the ministry, you can do so at think Red, Inc. Ministries, P.O. Box 718... Hightown, New Mexico, 87827. All right, time is gone for now. We'll see you next time. Think Red Ink, my friend. Bye bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.